0: That's what you get whilst operating a company that's operational, tooling being utilized in over 70 countries. It's the company, I'm the founder, want to be there. But I don't expect the team to pull in the same amount of hours or anything. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, Rob, Head of Brands, Commercial Partnerships, Sales, Operations, and OCD
1: <laughs> very much, especially when it comes to setting up and recording. So, uh, for those out there listening, it took us, uh, 25 minutes to get set up in three locations ish ish. All right. Well, I'm excited because I always say I'm excited when we get these things started, right? Um, this is another episode of hospitable hospitable is a podcast powered by Omni boost where we attempt to explore how to make hospitality more human through technology. And it's really exciting because today we have Case Sorha, the founder, CEO of OmniBoost. which you've, uh, if you're listening to this podcast and you haven't listened to the first episode, of the intro to podcast, take a listen, uh, get a little bit more uh, idea of who Case is. Uh, Case and I met over three years ago because of where we are today. So we're sitting in New York City. Uh, we're at the Belgian-American Chamber of Commerce, which is where we have offices uh 2020 was it you went through the program i think so yeah so 2020 uh benelux catalyst program uh all virtual case unfortunately <laughs> unfortunately you couldn't make it over here for the in-person uh we did our i was leading a um sales i think sales and selling in the us
0: so actually you showed up being robbed with a tank top and <laughs> i definitely remember that a couple of Participants of the catalyst were. Was like, I
1: in a tank top during the catalyst workshop? Uh, yeah, I sure. I, I was in a tank top the first internal. Our when first you went, when session
0: out when we with hired Mikey. You. Yeah, with yeah. Mikey oh, and Cernan okay. and everything. I'm pretty sure that I would not have worn a tank top. But then top. still, you made quite of an impression. <laughs> that that I did. You still had the bun. Yeah, so I, I had the bun. The bun man was there. <laughs> the definitely. bun, the
1: beard, all those things. Uh, so we met through the catalyst program three years ago, and and immediately hit it off. Uh very engaged session, we chatted afterwards. Uh, and since then, I, you know, I joined the organization, uh, doing some consulting work, helping out here and there, doing some fun things, but also became a strategic advisor to the business. And it was really fun to, whenever you came to New York, we'd get together and we'd talk shop and strategy and business. And there was something that always resonated with me that you held very dear to you. And it's actually what we did our podcast for The Bare Necessities, which is my personal podcast that I ran, yep. still do. Uh, you came on, it was your first ever podcast experience.
0: Lost my podcast virginity <laughs> there.
1: So first ever podcast, uh, Casey came on and we, we talked about this thing, this this thread that really attracted me to, to you as the founder and your energy, which is um, a willingness to serve, right? Yeah. So talk to me, why why has the willingness to serve or that servant leadership model what about that struck you and how how and why has it become the ethos of your business leadership mantra
0: it wasn't so much about the soft side of things or uh, leading with anything uh, only with empathy or whatever but i truly believe that you can only lead a squad of people if you will an organization or whatever you want to call it if you are intrinsically willing to serve your team uh, what we call within our leadership team you've been part of it is that we actually talk about your your tour of duty you cannot expect behavior work uh, movement from people if you're not willing to do so yourself so And it's not so much about uh, that the results count, but if you truly want to lead people, you need to be willing to be there in the trenches with them. It's good times, work hard, play hard. On the flip side of things, whilst doing the leadership and the servant leadership and uh, the lead by example, we still expect that the entire team is working on the job until the job is done. So you actually lead with the empathy part or help people out, but you also expect them to deliver whatever it takes.
1: Yeah. And when you talk about, you know, that tour of duty, I think it's really important. It's really easy for you to want to be in leadership, for you to grow into leadership, for you to become a leader, but I think. One of the things you notice um, as leaders, what tends to happen, the farther away that you come from the front lines and the farther you are in that leadership path, you sometimes forget that connection to the tour of duty, the connection to what is it that your teams in place are set up to do, right? From, from frontline to operations to back of house or back office to anything in between, you know, every employee at the organization, not any organization is looking to make an impact. Right, they want to do their job. They want to do it well. Uh, some of the people, say, yeah. yeah, and some people do it for, you know, they do it to grow. They take a job with the opportunity that they are going to use that experience to the next thing and next thing. Some people find, you know, their their zone of genius and their passion, and they stay in that role. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people are still figuring it out. And then there's also people that take jobs that they know they can do well, and they do that because they can clock in, clock out, and then have their life outside. And, you need all those types of people in organization. And I think it's really easy for leaders to forget that not everyone's like them.
0: True. So that's a mistake that I still frequently make. And uh, luckily I've got a, a team surrounding me who's making me quite well aware that not everybody shares the same values and whatever so and whatnot. So what you you were talking about or referencing is you need to take into consideration that there are different traits of people within your organization. I'm also not necessarily stating that that, uh, the servant leadership model is the model. I truly believe that all kinds of models will work, but right now we are having the discussion or the conversation about Omniboost. And with regards to Omniboost, our DNA I'm a firm believer in leadership, as a, ser- a servant leadership, doing the tour of duties, Be aware that you've got different, uh, different people. So what I needed to learn as a founder, and you know me, I'm all over the freaking place. So at some point I need to respect reporting lines. For me, difficult work. Uh, titles, ugh, not a conversation that I, I really wanna be in, but... Uh, I do need to to understand that that's part of running a business. But simultaneously, Omniboost is Omniboost. And that's what I expect from my leaders, my leadership team, to convey and show to the entire team.
1: Yeah, and I think that's really unique because there's different ways to lead and there's millions of manuals out there. And what works for one company might not work for another. Yeah. And- you know everyone tries to stand on a hill and my way is the way but i think when we think about servant leadership when done right the idea behind it is as a leader while you are involved in making really tough decisions and you're looking at the wider picture and sometimes you're looking not just what's happening today but what's happening tomorrow what's happening one year two years five years ten years down the line
0: mm-hmm.
1: it can be hard to to remember what it's like to, to do the day to day and what it is. And so to me, servant leadership really comes down to we need to be thinking as leaders, three, six, nine, 12 years. I mean, 12 months down the ride, like we're in the process of looking at how do we get through Q3 into Q4, Q4 into Q1, so on and so forth. But we can't forget what do we do day to day that makes yeah. us unique? Like the, we talk about the Omnibus DNA. What do we do day in and day out that makes Omnibus who it is? And one of those things is, and we talk about our mission, um, is to give creativity back to humans. Yeah. And time. Yeah. And, and, and it's the time to be creative, right? Yeah, correct. And I think that's a really impactful thing. When we talk about this, this podcast, the idea behind it is how do we create, how do we make the hospitality experience more human through technology? And yeah. our, for us, from Manu's perspective, it firmly is we want to make humans more, give them time back, lessening things that we can control. Like, financial reporting and reconciliation those things that we do with our integrations, data
0: unification
1: so all those things so that they can be more creative on how do we make the customers delighted how does this help when the customer checks yeah, in and and the, checks the out? Funny,
0: funny thing is is that uh, at some point you actually you run the risk of forgetting to to instill that feeling or keep that feeling within your own company so Uh, you're, you're totally focused on the customer side of things. And at some point you run the risk of forgetting the, the, your, your core strength of your company, that's your people. Yeah. And uh, I want to reflect back on what you said, uh, whilst doing or taking the approach of servant leadership, it doesn't state that at some points you can't make a tough decision. If need be, I'll make the tough decision. And at that point. It won't be a democracy because a decision needs to be made, but then still, excuse my French, if I fuck up, I'll be there in the trenches and taking care of my, the shit that I created whilst we're uh, expecting my team to be part of that.
1: And I think that's it's something I really we talk about a lot and I really uh, I vibe with this a lot is that. The idea of accountability and extreme ownership yeah. is that sometimes it's really easy, especially the bigger companies. You know, there's the the adage that shit rolls downhill, mm-hmm. right? And you can always pass the buck. And I think servant leadership is really about whatever decisions that we make as a leadership team, if they don't get executed or they're the wrong decision, that we own up to that and that we get in the trenches to help fix it because we can't expect people, our, our team, our employees, our our lifeblood who are not involved in those decisions to always fix it. Because sometimes yeah. they aren't the ones to fix it. And
0: correct. And what, what we learned, what we heard about uh, coming from our own team, that they were basically second guessing why we made a couple of decisions. I think they're allowed to. We, as a leadership team, more specifically, I need to learn to explain the why, as why we're doing things. Unfortunately, I'm not clairvoyant, so not every decision that I make is by definition the right one. And I think I fuck up on more times uh, than I would like to account for. But then still, that's the truth that that's being eh, an entrepreneur or being in business or leading a company. What I also like, what you were uh, mentioning about the, the extreme ownership and accountability. Remember, whilst we were here with Romano and Marta? And we had a conversation uh, about accountability going up and down the chain. Good book, by the way, uh, Extreme Ownership. Uh, that Romano approached me, and then he stated, "Like, Case, it's so cool that you are willing to do the job and take meetings on our behalf. And definitely, Case, we favor this. But if you do the handover, please do the handover correctly, or just don't do the meeting." I was like. Uh, crap so at some point that's what I like give me the feedback
1: yeah I think but that starts with empowerment right and I think it's something that I talk a lot about in different panels and stuff that I do on the side as you know mm-hmm. uh, having spent years in recruitment is how to attract and retain millennial and, and more importantly Gen Z talent as we think about for those that don't know out there Romano is um, on our US commercial sales team as well as the Europe sales team he actually leads a lot of our uh, commercial, uh, clients on the PMS side. And, uh, he, the fact that he's willing to step up to you, me, whoever, and talk through those things and share, Hey, totally love that you're able to get in the trenches with us, but making sure if you do just because you're the leader, you don't skip steps because it's that process. If we don't hold each other accountable to the process and we just do things and come in and out, we affect the flow of what, our teams are able to do to our customers and it's really important to think about omnibus we're a platform right we are a a source agnostic platform we have a million different partners and we help partners connect to other partners so they can at the end of the day support hotels and restaurants
0: not yet a million we're approaching but
1: (laughs) we're approaching so we're helping these different customers delight the end user which is in the hospitality, it's restaurants it's hotels all these things hostels uh and it's really easy for us as the platform in the middle who is helping make sure that all these things get connected to save these teams time and give them creativity back to forget like what the end result is. So if we make a mistake and we hand it over and then it's not able to get fixed, there's a downhill effect to our partners and then eventually the end user and then eventually the customer who goes to whatever hotel or restaurant. company the immediately.
0: World. So that's why I am so 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 dreadful of leading based on authority or power and yes at some point you need to show some authority but i'd rather use the word mandate than than authority because for me authority has a negative ring to it and i totally agree with you Uh, the end result what counts is delivering the hospi- hospitality or the time or and the essence back to the end user. But if we do not take care of things internally, no way, uh, sorry, in freaking hell, we're gonna take care of the end result. Let's make our our customers happy.
1: Yeah, and, and that's, you know, I think if we look at today's day and age, when you look at, there's a lot of stuff out there. And, and obviously the bigger the company is, things change, right? Culture and process True. and Reporting lines and leadership changes as you scale.
0: what well, you see me struggling with that <laughs> yeah. now that the company is growing. Uh, I also need, understand that you can't be there day in day out with a team, but at least be mindful mm-hmm. and listen.
1: I think, and I, I remember I've worked in, you know, I've ran my own companies to working in larger organizations, and I I love like where we're at as an organization and the time that I joined very. Uh, had a reason in a place. Mm-hmm. But I remember when I worked in some of the bigger organizations, and especially early in my career, whenever a senior VP or managing director came to town, the first thing they would always ask us is that as the sales and recruiting team, hey, we wanna we wanna be talking to your clients. We wanna be there with you, but we don't wanna lead. We wanna inject into the conversation. We want you to lead, yeah. and then we kind of come in and 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 be there as a support. And it was amazing because it was what I saw from a leadership perspective that I really admired from this company and my, my, it was my first boss, Carrie LaCava, and one of my senior VPs, um, Todd, who would always come in from Columbus. And it was that they wanted to make sure that they were always with me in the trenches, asking my thoughts, asking my opinions, asking my feedback, and making sure that they were being present yeah. as they were looking at making the larger decisions when they had these global leadership meetings and they were doing the offsides, That When they were going to those, they were taking into account what was happening day in and day out because mm-hmm. we were working in a small market of Des Moines and we had markets like New York, Austin, Dallas, Chicago, all these big markets in Florida and whatnot. And we we're a little Des Moines, but we were able to grow a huge business and people were like, wait, why is Des Moines doing X, Y, and Z? And I think it's because the way our leadership for the Midwest was uh, with Bob Schwalbach, I, I, I never forget some of the lessons he taught me because he would come in and every time he came in, he would work late just to see who He would say, And I would always be like, whatever I have tonight, <laughs> canceling, right? And I wanted to be there because I wanted to pick his brain. And his thing was always just, what am I missing? Who are working late? Why are they working late? What, are they, what is the output? What is the input? What is the effect on them? And how do I give them tools, process things that allow them to still be high performers, mm-hmm. but also knowing when they need a break, knowing when to give them time off, knowing when to say, hey, I recognize you. I appreciate you. Let me take you out to dinner. And those are the little things that I think being a servant leader is just knowing that people that you have working for you, they just wanna be seen. They wanna be heard, they wanna be felt appreciated. And that to me is one of the biggest things I teach to, to leaders um, from corporate training into um, entrepreneurship is just that your people wanna be heard. And as they get bigger, it's hard, but give them an opportunity to be involved in what they're doing a day out. Ask them, hey, we wanna put this process, let's test it. Of this process, what is good and what is bad? what causes extra stress on you what can we rip away that we don't need and we don't need process for process sake we need process that makes sense
0: yeah so basically the film nights L- like you said about doing the or working late or whatever um as you know i won't call myself a workaholic but make decent hours that's what you get whilst operating a company that's operational tooling being utilized in over 70 countries it's the company I'm the founder I want to be there but I don't expect the team to pull in the same amount of hours or anything
1: yeah that's really really important right is especially as a founder and CEO right this company is your as as a baby to you right like you've got your two daughters you have three children your two daughters and then your company mm-hmm. uh, in a sense and it's really easy and I see this happen a lot in my past where Founders and leaders think that every member of the organization needs to work as hard as them. And especially if you're the founder, you can never expect anybody to work as hard or love as much as you.
0: No, definitely not. There is one thing, though, if we talk about culture and DNA, uh, DNA, it's like the vision, the job is done until the job is done. I think I also made it abundantly clear to the team that blatant ignorance of our customers is a red flag for me. And, yeah, that's the time when we're definitely having serious conversations.
1: And, and I think that that, to me, is why why we wanted to record this episode and, and talk about this, the, the Omnibus DNA. And I think also this was a really important episode for those who are listening to Hospitable and want to be a part of this journey with us, is to understand a little bit why we do what we do. And this podcast isn't about us. This podcast is about how does this industry as a whole yeah. become more hospitable? And we... As a, as a culture have seen the, the way travel has changed post pandemic. There's just a lot more intensity and everyone's wanting to get out. And, and there's so many things happening that can negatively affect the experience. Yeah. So how do we help positively affect that? And, and you know, we've had some amazing guests for those that, that are listening. You, you've heard some of the great guests. We've got amazing guests coming on from, um, Leaders like Richard Walter from Muse, Jacob Messina Stay in Touch, Karyana Physic from um, Strawberry, we have architects that will be coming on to talk about how to design a space with technology in mind. But what is the idea, like, why, well, I can't wait, because we have some, I, I won't say the names yet, because we have to get them confirmed on the pod, but I have two really awesome architects that I know personally that I cannot wait to ask, why do you design things in a way, especially hotels, and what is the feeling you hope to listen? And then the question I always want to ask them, because they're thinking design, look good, feel good, it's functional space. How do you account for technology? How do you account for wires and cords? And how do you make that so seamless that you don't always know it's there, but it's there to support the staff so the staff can make sure that their guests have the best experience?
0: That's, also, it's a proper analogy of what we're doing. I think the, the best way is for people to be unaware of what Omnibus does. And actually... <laughs> Our biggest compliment is that people are actually totally unaware that we're taking care of interfacing and technology. Then that's the point where we really have done our job really, really, really good.
1: Yeah, absolutely. But from a head of brand perspective, I want people to know what we're doing, right? As a <laughs> but brand, positive, it's as a, a brand, brand I totally right? Totally agree. Know. But from the day to day, you know, you go to one of the hotels that have OmniBoost and you ask anyone at the front desk, they probably don't even know they have OmniBoost. And that's how we want it right we want them to know that Hence the no
0: ego part of things
1: and that's really important too when we talk about servant leadership and extreme ownership there's a third component and that's ego yep and it's really easy to especially as an American and people look at Americans like me big energy big ego uh you know being being a Dutch uh, founder you know when I did the program it I always joke I always start I like I know I'm American I talk big I am big you know Americans like to beat our chest we have a little bit inflated ego that's a bit of our culture, right? Is that we want to experience the world. and want to share wins. Uh, and more so if you look at LinkedIn today, everyone wants to share successes and everyone looks like everything is great and gravy, but I think part of the, the extreme ownership, but the accountability, you, know, that's
0: bullshit. you go,
1: yeah, you want to highlight those, but you also need to make it clear that with all the good comes the bad, right? Um, of course, I love this. I, I had a, a really awesome founder. um, who asked me what I thought joy meant? The word joy, and I was like, "Well, joy is anything that makes you happy." And she's like, "I'm going to challenge you on what does joy mean. Joy is anything that provides you satisfaction,
0: mm-hmm. right?
1: Because you can't feel joy without pain or loss. You can't feel success without lo- losing. And so, joy is anything that provide that makes your heart full. Anything that you do, and sometimes that's not doesn't make you feel great. Doesn't make you feel all tingly." it's that you are going in day in and day out and you're finding things that make you feel accomplished. Yeah. And that's doing a great job. That is doing the things that need to be done. That is no one knowing who we are. Those are things that we find joy in. Yeah. And you have to walk that line of how do we share that and share a little bit of ego and and let people know what we're doing. But also internally, while it's great a little bit externally to have an ego with from a brand perspective internally, we can't let that get to our heads because we can't the farther, the more we do, the farther we get away from why we started. Yeah,
0: I like the chain of thought that you're sharing right now because obviously ego has a positive way and a negative way, but if ego is determining the way that you listen to either your employee, your your co-lead or a customer, it will impact on the things that you're hearing because then it's an I game and you know the approach that we, like to undertake is the we approach, Uh, listen, be actively involved. And even if we're talking team to team member or one-on-ones, it's never about the I. And that's what we see with, with, let's be honest, with some counterparts, it's all about I. I think we made it well and quite clear that our approach is never about I, it's always about we. And it doesn't mean that we're a leper or doing everything that everybody uh, wants us to do. It's bullshit. We'll take care of ourselves. M- simultaneously, doing the best job for you. We might a- we might actually deliver something else. But you think that you're asking, but we'll l- deliver the best at uh, the best situation and optimal result for you, because it's not about I.
1: Yeah, I think that. It's really interesting because when you think as a listener, to hit this point home, when you think is it, the companies that you resonate with the most are those that exude a bit of the things that make you feel alive, right? When a certain yeah. shoe brand or a clothing brand, whether it's the mission, whether it's the way it looks and feel, the the way that they present it in the type of style that you're going for in the way you want to present yourself and it makes you feel like it's a wee thing like I'm part of this brand this so brand is a part of me that's
0: the reason why uh the word partnership is so much more than just a word and well you've been with me yesterday on uh on the meetings how thrilled were we being working together with the customer and you you could feel the energy flowing back and forth
1: yeah it's it, it's very different and i think that Again, when, when you're in the you know, coming from a seller sales mindset, there's always a time when you do have to be, and this is where expectations come in. And I, and I always talk about uh, at any time you come into an organization, anytime you work with a partner, it, it should always be a place of we and setting expectations of what you're willing to do and not willing to do. Mm-hmm. And it's setting expectations about what you can and can't deliver on. When you walk in to a partnership meeting or a sales meeting or any type of meeting with a goal that when we leave this meeting, we're better for it. And I I challenge internally all the time, why are we in these meetings? And the always what I've realized and through conversations with you, it's if the meeting that I'm walking into that we have the team on, it's there for a reason because we as a group come out whole with action, with inspiration, with a key message, with key learnings, um or with direction
0: what we always talk about if we want to do a one-off we would have become cab drivers or something else but not not in the vertical that we operate in yeah it's a freaking hospitality (laughs) yeah and that 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 has its own
1: uniqueness and I think every industry out there is very similar and so I I I challenge everyone out there listening as as we look at these organizations we have some we have some I will say this we have some coolest partnerships in the world mm-hmm. with, the, with the partners I we totally have agree. Yeah. and some of the greatest companies and in, in, it's just fun to learn and see where they're winning and when they're losing when they're struggling or not and and where we can help and when we can't
0: perfect example was for instance covid a couple of our partners were hit quite hard so you can do one thing only take care of yourself or take the hit together with a partner but in the long term you both win that's an easy equation, isn't it?
1: It is, but sometimes hard. And it, it,
0: Why? Self-preservation. Like
1: I mean, self-preservation.
0: Yeah, but w- isn't w- that w- like a very equation. short-term type of uh, reasoning?
1: Yeah, but we're humans, right? So I, I do think that this is where I think that, that mentality, and it's something that some people are born with it, but I think it's truly learned through experiential um, experiences, right? Is... As humans, we have a basic need to, yeah. to self-preserve, right? That is that is a basic human need. And it's why humans form tribes, right? Is we grow from a nomadic people into tribes, into cities, into the the, 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 the culture yeah. we have today. It's because we need that security of, of having a family, having a group, having a tribe. And so sometimes when disaster strikes and trauma hits, it's you very basic. need to take basic. care of the tribe. Exactly, but it's very basic to, to think self-preservation first, but when you start thinking tribe first, and this is where you actually look at history. Some of the most innovative products, companies, and things ha- came after disaster. Mm-hmm. Because when the collective whole realizes that things need to change, true yeah. innovation happens. Okay. So, I, so I think that it's, it's, a, it's an amazing thing that we have to continue to preach and teach. Because it's really easy, especially in a world where we're remote, we work from home, and, and I love remote work, and I love... Companies that offer it, and, and there are employees out there that do it, but there are also people that, when they work remotely, they feel like they're on an island, they feel lonely, and they need that ability to be back into the fold. They need that ability to feel wanted, needed, supported. And this is where servant leadership, extreme ownership, and accountability Correct. come in because you can have employees all over the world doing amazing things together and having never met because if they feel that they're heard, seen, and supported.
0: Yeah, that's and, an amazing. And thing. also, we've got uh, a couple of developers who really like to be on their own and focus on the stuff that they're doing. So, you, you don't help them forcing them to be in the office. Other people thrive on human interaction. So, they want to be in an office. That's, you need to take care of a perfect combination. For alignment purposes, it does help that you actually see each other, preferably, from my perspective, once a week.
1: It does. I mean, you know, being in New York, literally and figuratively on an island, mm-hmm. right? Uh, sometimes I miss out on just the the conversations that that naturally happen yeah. uh, while you're sitting at the desk or, or walking around. And that is definitely something that you have to take into account as a leader. And especially thinking about from hospitality space, if you have 50 hotels or 25 restaurants and you're all over the country or all over the world and people everywhere, you have to take into account different time zones, things, needs, wants, and as leaders, This is why I love this. And I think the hospitality industry does this really well Mm -hmm. because the nature of the industry is to take care of the guests that we serve, like our communities that we serve, that that, that a lot of hospitality companies or hospitality tech companies as well do do this. Correct. Is that you have to take into account all those things. And this is where that servant leadership model uh, really takes in. I actually got to interview Howard Bihar, who is the president of um, Starbucks, and he wrote the book uh, uh, more than just the coffee or something like that, not about the coffee. And he was really big on the early days of Starbucks back in the day when they were kind of the rebels because they let everyone be who they were and they created those environments where you could come in and stay mm-hmm. versus the coffee shop of grab a coffee and go. They wanted you to stay, they wanted you to feel. Well, and when I talked to him about servant leadership, he talked a lot about understanding the basic human principle that everyone is unique and that as an organization it's your job to create processes and procedures and, and whatnot to make it work in a way, in a structure, but then allowing those that maybe cut outside the lines, giving them the guardrails, but giving them the freedom to do that. And I think hospitality does that really well. And a lot of organizations are really starting to open that up, but it is something that when you look at like large corporate to startup and as you grow, there's, there's different variations of that.
0: I think yeah, you actually need to find the proper cadence to the, the, the proper mix in that. And ladies and gentlemen, be honest, Rob, not very long still will be a lone year. So building the team in the U.S. That is very true. By the time this 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 episode will drop,
1: uh, we'll uh, we'll be well on our way to to really you know we established the office here. We've got a We got a physical space. Um, we've got some really cool partnerships happening here, and and we'll be well on our way as we head into the end of the year and into next year. So, so I definitely know that and excited about it. But I I think it it still holds that it's an amazing lesson as we think about the hospitality space and you think about how you're building teams and how you're scaling out and, and what you're building that while the product is amazing, right? We have amazing products. We have, we have, we have partners that have amazing products. The product is an amazing thing, but it's more than about the product. It's about the people that you serve and the people who serve you and, and having that as a two-way street and not a one-way street. And I think if we can continue to do that and leverage amazing technology that gives time and creativity back to humans. We're gonna be well on our way to redefining and seeing an amazing seamless experience as we continue to travel the world and go on business trips or um, go out to eat with family where we can focus on the moment.
0: Yeah, be in the moment. And not on all the other things. Yeah, I agree. And I totally agree also with what you stated about the partnerships and the customers that we serve. You actually see the partnerships that really thrive is because of the the human interaction and the willingness to serve towards each other i totally relate and agree with that yeah
1: so i think that that is something that as we continue to evolve the podcast evolve our company uh evolve partnerships around the world that i'm, I'm continually excited to to lead by example yeah and as you continue to follow OmniBoost journey that you understand that we are a growing company we aren't perfect and we will continue to no evolve means. and create and grow and
0: reiterate.
1: And there's a lot of things internally that that the world doesn't know that we talk about that we know that we want to focus on and things that we want to change and, and ways that we want to add more impactful um ideas more impactful initiatives more impactful missions into the company and that is something that you know, i'm excited as a leadership team we get to be a part of
0: the initiatives so we still need to take care of the hoodie thingy. We uh, we do need to. Take I care really of want to take care of the hoodie thingy. Yeah.
1: So there's a there, we have a tradition at Omnibus that was started almost well right after COVID, right? Um, when you first came back to New York City,
0: uh, even before.
1: Well, was it before?
0: Was uh, with friends in New York City, and then I saw a homeless person sitting out in the rain. So I gave him a hoodie, and truthfully, at that time, things weren't going so well, also from a business perspective, and yeah, it might have become a bit of a superstition, so it started out as a superstition, but things started to change from that moment on, and then still, every time, when I'm in New York City, I give the old hoodie to a homeless person that I bought on the previous trip. But after having read the book, uh, Book of Ideals, Marnik uh, Schoes, I believe, uh, he actually was talking about, okay, why not seize the moment and just jump into action, go, uh, jump into gear. Uh, he started a project, the Give Me Five project, and that resonated immediately with me. So what we spoke about, I really want to, we need to do something, give something back.
1: Yeah, and, and that's definitely something that we're internally building and, and working on it. it's super cool. And, you know, you can look at it one of two ways. It's just one hoodie to one person. It doesn't make a big impact with that one person. It does. Right. And it's those small steps. And I think it's really or, easy.
0: What? Or,
1: <laughs> well, I think that it's What? So the first time I got invited out to dinner, when uh, I was being onboarded as a strategic advisor, we, um, like half the OmniBoost team was here. It was like 10 people from OmniBoost all here on a trip, uh, visiting New York City, doing some really cool things. We invited some of the other groups around that were part of this um, program, the, the Catalyst program, and we went out to Koreatown and went to a Korean barbecue. Uh, amazing experience. Most of them had never had it before where they cook up the meat at the table. It's such, a, so such an experience. So nice. And they were like, well, Rob, you've been here before why don't you uh lead and so i was talking to the, the the waiter uh with mikey uh and we were we were going back and forth like okay this is for five people so there, boom 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 we got okay we got a couple couple big eaters at the table let's get an extra and uh we were there for a while drinks are flowing <laughs> beers flowing food's flowing and they just bring out like five more <laughs> they brought out like five more trays of food and all of us looked down the table and everyone looked at me and I just got like red and it's like, I look over and I was like, is that for us? And they're like, yeah. I was like, is there any way we can send that back? And like, you know, we've already pulled it out. Like it has to get cooked. And we all were like, Oh, so all of us walked out of there. Um, yeah, but what did you do? Well, yeah. So what we did is we took all the food and, and so I asked if anyone wanted to take it back, like, Oh, we have a towel. I was like, okay, well why don't I go drop it off? So on the, on the way back, uh, as I was walking back to the subway, um, dropped off food to, to homeless people and, and was able to get rid of all the food. By the time I got back to Brooklyn, I think I dropped off to about six, seven people, six, seven different groups of people where they got to have some Korean barbecue. And It's just more, more of the fact that it was gonna go to waste, so we might as well give it to somebody who needed it. And it's, yeah. those, and, and, and it's the, the little, little things. things. Yeah, it's yeah. the little things. I think it's really easy to look at a problem and say, how do we fix it at a, at a, at a whole level? And that becomes daunting. And if more, more folks take, yeah, and the take story small steps. It's not
0: so much about, uh, Hey, look how great we are, but it's, it's the way how you approach things. We could also have easily stated, uh, 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 throw it away or take it back. But you were considering other people. And I think that's, that's the, that's the core or the key of the story. It's also what we like to see back within our company. Yeah. And that refl- uh, reflects back to, it's not about I,
1: yeah
0: it's it's a collective whole that
1: we as humans need each other we, yeah, we, we crave be each other each we other. create experiences we crave um acceptance yeah. and, and and different things and everyone's got a unique journey everyone walks their own journey right no no one person's story is somebody else's because they all everyone walks their own shoes right so it's,
0: it's that uniqueness and so that's also why it's so so dangerous to immediately judge you never know the background story exactly and i think it's just a lesson and as we
1: look at it and you know coming from a hospitality lens and us being in the hospitality space it's just
0: are we in hospitality
1: i think we're, ho- okay. we're hospitality tech i think we're hospitality Jason. Cool. and i i like to think that we are in a space where we can create and make experiences more enjoyable yeah um maybe not directly but indirectly through the partners that we serve that those that are I'm sure
0: we do. I'm actually convinced we do. I
1: am. I am too. And I think that that's just part of when you create a culture and you create a team and you create an environment, you want to make sure that you highlight those things as you're building it and taking in account what people care about and allowing people at your organization to, you know, to, to lead initiatives, to, to to bring ideas to the table, let them give them the space and the place to, to put the initiative in action and let them try it out. Some things work, some things don't. And so when you allow that collective willingness to do really cool things and creativity. That's what breeds more creativity and more ideas and more success. And when that's done within the, the framework of why you're here to serve, it changes the game and what you're able to accomplish. And so that's something I think is really cool. And I, I, I want to leave this to me in the podcast to challenge organizations out there to continue to make impact, thinking about how you can make an impact for those that work for you internally and what impact can you give them and opportunities, but also the communities that you serve, not just your customers, because your customers are involved in a community. How do you continue to give back to that community? How do you continue to serve that community? And how do we as humans just create more opportunity be creative and create experiences together? And that's something that that was the idea of this podcast. We wanted to talk about um, a little bit of the the, the DNA in the, the value of OmniBoost. is, you know, you follow along this podcast and follow along our journey, but also. The journey of all the partners and cool people that will be on this show is that you understand a little bit where we're coming from and why we do things like this podcast and opening up these opportunities and opening these conversations and making sure that we hold ourselves accountable to the things that we say and do internally and externally
0: totally on par rob we need to hold each other accountable and do the proper reflection on ourselves as well and once again i also very much agree with you is putting the challenge out there and it's not about us being saints far from we're it. <laughs> not no way in freaking dot, dot, dot. but you need to give it a good effort be there for your people and with your people exactly and your customers
1: exactly and that's what makes a huge difference so thank you for tuning in to another episode of hospitable uh you can find us at www.omniboost.com um case you can get a touch of case on linkedin he is very very active and engaged and he's always down for a conversation i'll make sure to link his LinkedIn in the show notes. Uh, I'm Rob Napoli, I'm the head of Global Brand and uh, Commercial U.S. Partnerships Lead here um, for the company in the States. Uh, uh, My uh, LinkedIn linked uh, below. And I wanna also just give a quick shout out to the Belgium Maker Chamber of Commerce for letting us, uh, for Belsham for letting us be here and utilize their space even with people working around in the space. I know you can't see it because we're against the wall but there's people walking by and they're letting us record this. they're trying to go out there uh, Friday afternoon. So uh, appreciate them for letting us. <laughs> exactly. It's about eight yeah. o'clock. letting us be a part of it. So thank you for tuning in. If you like the show, become a tier one subscribe. Uh, follow us, do all the things on wherever you get your podcast. Make sure to write us a review if you want to hook us up. If you have people you think would be a great guest on the show, if you have ideas, topics you want us to cover, uh, let us it. know yes, sure. because we'll be back doing... Uh, some more behind-the-scenes Omnibus episodes as the podcast continues to grow. So definitely let us know what you want to see. Thank you all, Case, as always. Thanks for letting me um, pull you away from doing a million other things. Just sit down and have a conversation on camera.
0: Thanks again for the conversation, Rob.
1: Awesome. Thank you, everybody out there. Until next time, stay well.